Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, welcome to Bitch Slap. This is Rachel Fisher. This is Desi Jettikin. And this is Melrose Place, Season 3, Episode 4, Grand Illusions. Wow. Jam-packed episode. Jam-packed episode. I was pausing this episode so many times to complete my notes. Just a lot. It's packed, and there's a lot of great dialogue Mm. in this script so let's just get into it we begin our cold open starts with a michael mancini having a nightmare of being run over yeah he's really traumatized by this and it's in black and white so we know it's a nightmare Mm -hmm. because all nightmares on melrose place are in black and white whether you're getting molested or getting run over yeah there's no color He wakes up in a cold sweat. He's relaying what happened to Kimberly. And he's like, I saw someone behind the wheel. And she's like, Michael, who did you see? He's like, it's right, it's right, it's right in front of me. I don't know. Kimberly is right in front of me. I can't, I can't. And she's like, oh, Michael, don't put pressure on yourself. You know, these things you might never remember. And that's okay. And he's like, no, something's missing. I gotta, I have to know. Yeah. He won't let it go. He won't let this go. He knows that. Someone ran him over, and he's got to figure it out. Because Michael doesn't remember yet that he is a petty little bitch who needs to, like, have revenge. Mm. Like, that's what he's... That's, like, something that's... Oh, what was big in your former life that will help your memory come back? Taking revenge on people. Right. So he needs to know who it is because he doesn't want to move on. No. He wants to destroy that person. Exactly. But he doesn't know that yet. Mm. After the credits, we learn that Amanda let her dad, Palmer, crash at her place. Yes. What an She idiot. can't resist. She's so daddy-pilled. Yeah. Palmer is so full of shit, and Amanda falls for it every single time. He's like, I just, <laughs> I just need a few days, and then I'm going to turn myself in, sweetie. She's like, okay, daddy. I mean, she's kind of like simultaneously okay daddy, but also she seems like she kind of knows, but she still does it. She's in deep denial. Yes. And she does say to him that she could get in a lot of trouble for harboring a fugitive. And he, this is, Melon, this is why 
he is such a bad dad is because he does not give a shit about the well-being of his daughter or implicating her in a crime. There's also something very funny about him just like sleeping on the couch. Yeah, when he's like this apartment. <laughs> it's really weird. He's like this rich old businessman and he's crashing on the couch. I just feel like he his plan sucks. He didn't really think it through because he he not for not one time did he think I can't really be walking in and out of Melrose Place. He's, Everyone knows me there. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, I get that he probably can't rent a hotel room. I guess this is one of the more unrealistic plot lines yeah. in Melrose Place, just because normally a guy like Palmer in real life, who is like a rich old white businessman would be very good at committing financial crimes. Even if these financial crimes were out in the open, we would just see him getting away with it. Yeah. It's almost like they want us to believe that he's very rich and successful, but also kind of a low level criminal loser. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, it's like, which one is he? But he's also, yeah, he's so bad at it. He's so bad at being um, undercover because yeah, he is just like waltzing all over the place in full. Yeah. Like he he didn't last oh, episode too. Yeah, this this episode is the most egregious example of that. He doesn't even have like a little fake mustache on or a hat and glasses. Like he didn't even dye his hair in a gas station bathroom. This what is, is he doing? But Amanda agrees. She's like two days, two days, Daddy. Look. Palmer is not turning himself in. We all know this. <laughs> Why wouldn't he have done it already? Like, yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, he says he just needs to like get some personal matters handled. Yeah. At Jane's, Sydney is on the pullout couch once again. Her and Palmer. Her and Palmer <laughs> both sleeping on the couch. And Jane is being so nice to Sydney. Where did this come from? This is crazy. She's like, good morning, Sydney. And Sydney's like, oh, God, did I oversleep? She's like, I just want you to relax today. Yeah. Take the day off. (laughs) Day off. (laughs) (laughs) And she's, um, and Sydney's like, I need to talk to Michael because Michael's the one person on the planet who can vouch that I didn't run him over. Does she not know he has amnesia? Like, yeah, and yeah, that's what Jane says to her. He's like, she's like, Sydney, Michael doesn't remember anything. He doesn't even remember me. Also, I'm sorry, even if Michael didn't have amnesia, he wouldn't necessarily know who hit him. That's what I yeah, said do you know what I mean? last like, episode. It's like, it doesn't matter if he has amnesia. You can get hit by a car and still not know what happened. They're acting like his assailant came up to him face-to-face on the street and shot him with a gun rather than somebody inside of a car wearing dark sunglasses coming at you at 50 miles an hour. Like, right. it all happened in, like, a split second. I just don't buy that everyone's worried that, like, he doesn't remember. No, I mean, when I had my car accident, I don't remember anything that happened until after. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So um, I just don't think he would be, like paying attention to like who was driving the car. I get maybe thinking he might know something, but I wouldn't be like, he's the only person who absolutely knows 100% for sure. Like, no, I don't think that's true. (laughs) Um, Because all we really see is the cabriolet. That's the iconic thing. (laughs) (laughs) 
that's the because it's very once you see a cabriolet hauling ash, <laughs> yes. you're laughing. You're laughing. You're laughing until you realize it's coming towards you, obviously. But that's what you notice. You're like, why is that cabriolet hauling ass <laughs> tearing around the corner? It's the fastest I've ever Something, seen yeah. a cabriolet go. You don't see that every day. No. Sydney's like, maybe Michael just needs a reminder of who I am. And Jane is like, Sydney, just forget it. Move on. Billy's packing up his shit as Joe and Allison are just sitting at the their breakfast table, just watching him <laughs> pack it. This is so uncomfortable. Why are they doing this? No, they're just at that little t- tiny table. The bistro table in their apartment. Just sitting there doing nothing. They're just like, wow, Billy's packing his shit. We're just hanging out. And he's like, Billy's obviously in a horrible mood. He's got to move his Spencer's poster. Yeah. He's his got- <laughs> black light poster. <laughs> All his crap. Um, and Allison is reassuring Joe that she's sure that the judge won't let Reed's parents take away her baby. This is how you know it's a good episode of Melrose. Because we have... Two things happen. Like, they're like, let's just squeeze these things together. Billy moving out and them talking about the custody battle. <laughs> like, because it's like we got some background noise with Billy. Yeah. That's also a storyline. Like, we don't have time for just Billy packing up. No. Um, and Allison gives her really bad advice. She's like, what if you just go over there and tell the Carters that you want to be a part of their baby's life? She's like, just try to appeal to them. Yeah. And then Billy plops down a box on the bistro table where Allison and Joe are sitting. He's like, there it is, the gift from my my Aunt Margaret or whatever. You can return it. You can tell her. And she's like, why do I have to return the gifts? You you blew off the wedding. You stood me up. Yeah, because it's his aunt. (laughs) Yeah, she's like, it's your aunt. You return it. But I do like that Allison was like... Okay, good. <laughs> good point. My bad. <laughs> I did blow it off. That was honestly that was such a bitch move by Billy, though. Well, because to plop it, they're having a serious confer- uh, conversation about custody. Yeah, Billy. it is. <laughs> <laughs> Go with your little. He's just like, why don't you return this gift, Allison? Yeah, just terrible. But I don't know. It is kind of funny. It's very funny. Meanwhile. Brittany is still on the boat. Ugh. I've just about had it with this bitch. Me too. And Jake is pissed and he's like, you need to leave. And this is, I don't know, this is like the eighth time he said this to At her. At least. Like he is. That ever, we've seen. We've seen. <laughs> I don't understand, Jake. How have you not gotten this person off of your boat? How are you running a business? Wouldn't it be very easy to be like, hey, I got to do a photo shoot today. You got to go. And then just go park at a different pier. Wouldn't it? <laughs> like something. Yeah, park at a different dock. Also, wouldn't at this point you be like, look, I don't want to have to call the police. But like I will because like I have a business to run. No, she like, needs to be like put in her place. Like, like he could at least threaten her even if he didn't actually call the cops. Like he could at least like say that to her. Do you her. want me to call your husband? Because <laughs> I will. Because I will. I've really had it with this bitch. Um, he says to her, he's like, I, this is a business. I got a photo shoot here tomorrow. And then she does like the sad, 
goodbye, Jake. And she does like a sad, slow walk where she like looks back at him. Yeah. Because, and and for a split second, I'm like, oh God, does he stop her? Does he stop her? Come back. Yeah, you're waiting for him to do that. It's a classic Jake. This is his own fucking fault (sighs) for being a moron. He just never should have gotten involved. He should have been like, I look, I'm sorry your husband, maybe let her stay over for the night. But like that's it. I've been like, we're gonna get you into like a shelter situation. No, she he should have been strong with her and he didn't. From he, the beginning. And and he it's like we said last episode. He says it. He says get off the boat, but he doesn't do anything about it. Yeah. You She's gotta just, stand by what you say. What are you, Matt? You're just gonna let this broad walk <laughs> yeah. all over you? At D and D, they are very close to landing the glorious gowns account. This is, I've never been more excited. (laughs) I burst out laughing because I had completely forgotten about Glorious Gowns. Because I do remember this. I do remember this company. There are some incredible company names that we learn over the course of um, the seasons on Melrose Place in terms of like D&D storylines. And Glorious Gowns is one of them that I had forgotten about. D&D truly gets the lowest level accounts in all of advertising. I would like, yeah. <laughs> I would say though my favorite, one of my favorite um accounts they have is like a cookie one later on. Oh. I think it's a cookie one. I don't remember. There's one account they have, it's a storyline where like Allison fucks up really bad. Ooh, I'm interested. It's so funny. It's honestly I'm not going to spoil it because it's one of the funniest things on the show. Okay. How bad she looks up. <laughs> I'm excited. Um, Allison and Billy are bickering on their way to this meeting with the client. They're just like in the hallways of D&D. They're just like, you shut up. You shut up. Right. Every account now is like a pretense for them to argue about their failed relationship. Yeah. And Amanda's like, you guys need to shut the fuck up before mm. the meeting. This is glorious gowns, you guys. This is serious. Get it together. At the meeting, Allison's telling the client, she's like, we were thinking about having a unique location for uh, for the wedding in this photo shoot. Like the bride, like they could be getting married in an unusual location, not at a church, but maybe outdoors. Like that's not that unusual. Or on a boat. And then the bride could jump overboard like she's taking the plunge. And that's when Billy said, escaping from her own wedding. Wonder where you got that idea. (laughs) Imagine saying that in front of a client. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's so inappropriate. Why did he do this? Why did he do this? He would have been fired. He would have been fired for this. Absolutely. Right? Or at least been like you're demoted. Well, you don't shoot down your coworker's ideas in front of the client like that, like, period. And, and bringing up something that's so clearly so sensitive and personal. Well, and like giving the client the idea that it looks like the bride is escaping her wedding is also just bad because you're trying to sell them on your pitch. Yeah. It's like they can say it looks like she's escaping her wedding, but but you you, don't say it. No, you don't make yourself look bad or like they have a reason not to go with you. And Allison's like ignoring Billy, but she's like, we have a, we have a, we even have a boat to use. 
And that's when Amanda says, actually, Allison, D&D no longer does business with Jake Hansen. <laughs> I'm just like... <laughs> if you're Gloria's gowns and you're in this meeting, this pitch meeting, yeah. wouldn't you be like, ah, uh, I think there's too much drama at D&D. I'm not going to go with them. Well, she literally seconds ago scolded those two to not mix business and work. But then and she she's doing it. the exact same thing. Because what does it, it matter? She did it too. Michael is sitting on the beach, cross-legged, just staring into the ocean. He's zen now. He's super zen, but he's also has nothing, absolutely nothing going on in his brain. No. He's just sitting there. Like, this is an ideal state of mind. He's not thinking any evil or dumb thoughts. No, he's just completely zenned out. And that's when Sydney approaches in a flowing slip dress with flowers on it. And he's like, hmm, hmm. We're getting a tingle. <laughs> and she, he doesn't recognize her. And she's like, hi. And he's like, hmm, hi, who are you? And he's like, and she's like, you don't remember me? And he's like, oh, I don't remember anything. Yeah. And she's like, well, I'm Miranda. She's like, I'm going to make a little game out of this. Yeah. She's like, I, this is a good way for me to fuck Michael again, is if I pretend to be just some rando. No, she's great. She made a snap judgment on what to, how to play this and, and realized she was better off being a new person than trying to convince them him of who she was to him. Yeah. Back at Amanda's apartment, her and her dad are getting ready to eat dinner when Jake stops by and we see Palmer run and hide <laughs> when there's a doctor. The <laughs> classic uh, criminal, like, kingpin Ooh. behavior. Yeah. Oh, I better run. <laughs> Go run into my daughter's linen closet. He barely, he barely makes it out of the room. I don't know why that was the most pathetic you trot just, off. You see him just go, ooh, kind of hunch his shoulder. Oh, sorry. That's okay. No, it was so funny because the apartment's so small. So yeah. it was like literally a five foot run, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Amanda answers the door and she asks Jake, where's your boat bimbo? Mm. And he's like, I was just helping a friend. Right. Um, and he's like, is this why you pulled the shoot? Because now he lost business. I love <laughs> Jake with the photo shoot. <laughs> I got a photo shoot here. Where's my photo shoot? He hasn't. When was the last time he took a client out on a charter? This business is failing. Oh, my God. It's been like a week. I mean, I'm just glad we don't have to see it or hear about it. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I just, you know what? I'm just really glad that this is the last episode with that fucking boat. Absolutely. I'm done with this boat. Me too. And um, basically, Amanda then just like shuts the door in his face. And then Amanda's dad comes out and he's like, he's a loser, Amanda. <laughs> I don't know why his, his voice is so funny. It's he's, like, what era are you in? He's from a different time. He's like, he's a loser. See? Sweetheart. Sweetheart. <laughs> Uh, Jake, who was never right for you. Mm. And Amanda's like, I still care about him, daddy. So be quiet. She was like, only I can call him a loser. <laughs> and then she's like, I've lost my appetite. And he's like, well, wait a minute, I'm hungry. <laughs> That's when we see Palmer pull out a giant cell phone and make a phone call. 
And Brittany picks up at a payphone. She's just been sitting by a payphone. (laughs) She's been standing at a payphone, like, outside of Shooters or whatever. Oh, my God. And she's like, where have you been? I've been waiting 20 minutes. And he... he I was hiding from Jake. <laughs> Unexpectedly showed up. <laughs> He's like, the plan's been foiled, see? Okay, I have a question. Is Kathy Ireland a bad actress? Or is this I think character she, just really dumb? I mean, I don't think she's a great actress. <laughs> but this I think that she she kind of has one character trait. Like, yeah. I'm gonna seduce you or I'm sexy. Right. right, but it's not even like a real, genuine, deep sexiness. It's like a put on. Yeah, do you know what I mean? She's not a good actress, but I do <laughs> think the character is very thinly written as well. Like, I think that's a big part of it. Um, she kind of always sounds like an Olsen twin in like one of their kid movies, like they did when they were a kid. I think the thing is, like, let's say it was Marsha Cross playing Brittany. She might have added some depth to a poorly written character. Yes. But I don't think Kathy Ireland has the skills to do that, so it just comes off super flat. She just sounds like like a child actor. Yeah, you, outside of the fact that she's obviously like has a good body and like whatever. She's that's gorgeous. Side, but it's like there's nothing about her that's really sexually appealing to me though <laughs> at the same time. God, I really hope Kathy Ireland's not listening to the pod. But I think she had a more wholesome thing to begin with. I don't th- I think that's what she was selling Already, it was like a wholesome, sexy, right? I think you're right, though. I think this character is just so, has no depth to it. Because this could be a really interesting character. We don't really know what the hell's going on. And we We don't don't know know their connection, their (laughs) relationship. like Why she's doing this. It would have taken two seconds to just let us know they're fucking. Like, if because that adds some kind of layer that they're in a relationship and he's having her fuck Jake is creepy, right? Like, But that would have added so much more you could play with. And I think also we don't know if she's like supposed to be good or bad. I mean, I guess she is bad based on what she does at the end of this episode, but like we don't know why she's bad. No, there's just nothing there. Where did this bitch come from? Where did he find this hoe? I mean, I get the idea... They're not going to put that much effort into this small thing. But at the same time, it could have been way more interesting. I'd like a little exposition. A little more. Just a little exposition. Yeah, she's like, Palmer, I've been waiting here 20 minutes. And he's like, (laughs) he's like, hold on. Right. The plan's foiled. And he's like, things aren't going well. Things aren't going as planned. We need to get moving now. But it's like, what's the plan? <laughs> we don't even know what the plan is. Look, I've seen the whole episode, and I still don't know what the plan was. <laughs> like, we, I really don't know 100%. We know that they're rigging the boat with explosives, but we don't know what was the point of her seducing Jake. Why couldn't she have posed as a client? Like They could have put those explosives on any time. Any time. It could have been what when he was spending the night at Melrose. And then she could have just hired a charter. Like, yeah. the seduction did not have to happen. No. I do think Palmer secretly just wanted someone to fuck Jake so that he could ask he, about it. Did he give it to you good? <laughs> <laughs> He's disgusting. He's like a cuck, cuckold or whatever. Yeah, but with his daughter. Yeah. 
gross. Anyway, let's take a break here. We'll be right back. Okay. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The next day... Joe shows up at the Carter's house and I must have rewound this like six times <gasps> because I could not get past Mr. and Mrs. Carter's Yankee Doodle Dandy decor inside their house. <laughs> Why did they have like an Uncle St- Sam statue? Like it really focuses in on this statue as it pans into the living room. Right. Then we see that they also have a decorative spinning wheel just sitting in the living room. The sat decorators really were trying to nail that these are wholesome, patriotic, <laughs> psychopaths. <laughs> I think they did such an amazing job. Whoever did the set decoration for this episode, specifically for the Carter's house, nailed it. This was really menacing. It was like giving sinister Americana. Oh, the people who are like, we're good people. Christian family values. Yeah, but underneath it all are actually the most sinister. Evil. Evil. Evil motherfuckers. Um, there were some other insane design elements happening in this living living room that I just kept having to like pause and look at. Um, it was pretty remarkable. So Joe has decided to go to Reed's parents' house without a lawyer, without even talking to a lawyer, because no lawyer would advise her to do this. No. This is so outrageous that she just goes there raw dog in it into the Reed's into Reed's parents house. I don't know what first of all anyone who would do what they did to her already are not trustworthy people. No. So I just don't What does she think? This would have been something to maybe try before the suing came along like I want to talk to them and make sure we're clear. Even if they agreed to drop the lawsuit, how could you ever have a normal relationship with the people who immediately tried to take your child away. Right. You're never going to feel safe leaving them alone together. You're going to always have to be with them. I mean, she fucked herself. She fucked herself so bad. I'm so angry about this. Um, Joe is like, uh, even Mr. Carter's like, (laughs) you didn't hire a lawyer. Why? I mean, don't you get, the feeling a little bit that it's all the mom's doing and the husband just goes along. 
but he he does go evil too. But I feel like he just follows the wife's lead. I think the wife is like the um, the ringleader for sure. But the husband still sucks ass. He's I I'm not defending him at all. He sucks ass, but I definitely feel like he was he, he kind of just goes off what the wife's doing and yeah. doubles down and goes far too. Yeah. Um, the wife is definitely like spearheading this whole thing. Yeah. Like she put the idea in the husband's head. She's like, We need to take that baby. Right. Cause he does seem dopey and would have never noticed she was pregnant. Joe is like trying to be nice to them, like fake nice, but it's so obvious that she's sweating bullets and she's terrified of them and she's faking it. Mm. And she's like, I just thought we could be a family. It would just be so nice. I just was afraid to tell you. And dad's being very creepy. And she's like, I just want you in my baby's life. Like she's on the verge of tears already. Right. Trying to appeal to them. And that's when Mrs. Carter is like, you murdered my son. Right. When they were trying to get the pictures, though, they were very understanding. Yeah. And now, and <laughs> Joe gets up and she's like, this was obviously a mistake. And then they start going, we don't think you have good morals. Yeah. They and, don't want the baby raised by a murderer. Yeah. We don't want our child raised by someone who murdered our son. It's so creepy how they refer to him as her, their child. Yes. Our baby. Our baby. Yeah. And then Joe says, it's my baby. <laughs> <laughs> and she starts yelling at them and then she leaves. Yeah. So much for her plan. Michael returns home to the beach house with groceries, and he finds Sydney splayed out on the lounge chair, the chaise lounge. Yes. On the deck. We get a nice little pan. Yeah. From her little strappy silver sandals. And he's like, ooh, mm, hi, Miranda. And she's like flirting with him. And she's like, so are you, are you married? And he goes, like, I'm not married. I love the idea that a woman who met Michael on the beach... The next day, after that one little minute conversation, would just be on his chase lounge. Yeah. Laying out like just, that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, what, right. what must Michael think? Like, damn. Damn, I, I, I forgot got how, it. how women are just fucking horny. And she's, they start kissing. And then he stops. He's like, ooh, I'm engaged. I'm engaged. I got, I got to be faithful. Yeah. <laughs> this is definitely triggering memories. <laughs> And then Sydney is like, do you love her? And he goes, uh, I think so. And then they start kissing again. But Michael pulls back. He can't do this. But the damage is done because Sydney knows she's planted a seed and she just lays back and smirks. Yeah. That's enough for her. She can edge for a while. Yeah. Meanwhile, at D&D, Billy bursts through Amanda's office like a tornado. Yeah. Did you see? He just like pushed through this door. He is... Very comfortable at D&D now. He's so, this, is, <laughs> this behavior was outrageous. He's been there two days. And he's literally pushing through her door like it's a saloon door and he's about to do like a standoff. No, no, no copywriting is this good. He, he's so mad because um, he's complaining that Allison told him his work on the copy was crap. <laughs> okay, I was wondering what my note meant because all I said was, Allison said crap. <laughs> and I was like, what did Allison say? Crap. That's crap, Billy. <laughs> like, like she had said it instead of cursing. No, Allison said, 
uh, Billy's like, Allison did my work with crap. I and like that Allison would be in charge of Billy. Like, right. that's just a disaster. It's such a disaster. Amanda takes a look at the copy and she's like, this is great, Billy. I, this is amazing copy. Surprisingly, I completely disagree with Allison. <laughs> <laughs> and Amanda's like, I mean, I'm not surprised. Allison is obviously very threatened by how easily you've adjusted. Mm. Palmer and Brittany are in the car outside of the bank, which is crazy because there are so many security cameras yeah. at this bank. And Brittany is practicing doing Amanda's signature. <laughs> the signature looks like a child doing cursive. Like and she's done it like 50 times. And she's like, I'll never get it. I was like, you just started practicing in the car? <laughs> <laughs> She's practicing? This is like a serious uh, operation. This is so get, crazy. You could get in so much trouble for this. This is like serious fraud. And she's like, I'll never get it right. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> and Palmer's like, we have to get that money. And she's like, why don't you ask your daughter? She'll do anything for you. He's like, I don't want to get her involved. And Brittany is getting irritated. And she's like, I've been trying to rig Jake's boat with explosives. I'm doing all the hard work. Yeah. And he's like, and he's like, uh, I'll make her get her own cash. Who said that? Oh, Brittany said that? Brittany wants Amanda to get her own cash out of the safe deposit box. Right. They're trying to get into Amanda's safe deposit. I think... uh I think both of them have their name on it, but obviously Palmer can't go in and sign yes. for it. Yes, that's true. Because he explains that to her later. Um, that night, Palmer and Amanda are having takeout together. And he's like, I need a favor, sweetie. <laughs> completely on the up and up. <laughs> he Don't said, worry. He says, he says, I owe some very bad men some money. And uh, there's a safe deposit box in both of our names. It has nearly a million dollars in it, and you have to get it out. But I need, I need your signature to do that. I need you to go to the bank and get it. And he says, I'll pay these thugs, and I'll turn myself in. And she's like, hmm, okay. I don't know about that. Okay. And he, he, he adds, though, just to make sure she does it. And they've threatened you. <laughs> Oh, by the way, one more thing that's very important detail. <laughs> He's such an asshole. The reason I need to pay them off is because they threatened to kill you if I don't. He's it's like, such, not about me. He's such a fucking piece of shit, but she believes it. She's so dumb. Kimberly and Michael are leaving a restaurant, and Kimberly is telling him, she's like, you came. we came to the restaurant every Thursday night, and... He's like, well, the waitress didn't like me very much. Hmm, wonder why. And Kimberly's like, well, you were, you were very particular about your food when we used to come here. And Michael says, are you sure that I like Cajun shrimp? <laughs> <laughs> Which, this is an incredible detail because a couple episodes back, we learned that Kimberly has made shrimp gumbo for Michael. So... This leads us to believe that Kimberly, for whatever reason, is trying to convince Michael that he loves Cajun food. Now, I love the idea, well, we talked about last episode, that she's intentionally not doing things that are his favorite 
to that would trigger his memory coming back. But what if she had always loved Cajun food and Michael hated it? I think that's what this yeah. is. Yeah. So she's trying to get him to like it so they can eat it together again. <laughs> but this is two Cajun dishes in a row. I mean, this is something where I would love to talk to a writer. It's one of those things, was this intentional? It has to be. Because wouldn't you wouldn't you pick a different, a totally different food? But Cajun food did have a moment mm. in the 90s, like the early 90s. Blackened. Blackened things. But in general, there was like that chef, um, Paul Prudhomme, who was like a famous New Orleans chef who had a bunch of books yeah. come out. yeah. And he would sell his little like blackening spices and stuff right, like that. So right. I feel like maybe it was just on trend, Cajun food. Two Cajun dishes in a row yeah, with Michael. And trying to make it like it's a Michael thing. Why couldn't she have, he have said, do I really like goat cheese pizza? Yeah. <laughs> with artichoke hearts? <laughs> I, yeah, I would love to know though, like, is it intentional? She is force feeding this man Cajun food. Yeah. And he's skeptical about whether or not he likes it. Now, and now I'm very curious about amnesia affecting your taste. Ooh. Like, would you like foods you didn't normally like? Or is it all psychological, like your hatreds, you know? Yeah. That's when Michael steps off the curb and a car comes speeding towards him. And Kimberly screams, Michael! And then Michael has a flash of Kimberly driving the cabriolet with a wig on. And suddenly he knows... Kimberly is the one who ran him over. Yes. But he doesn't let on just yet. His memory's back. His memory is back now. In this moment. Yes. But we cut to them the very next morning after they just fucked. So he's still going to fuck her, even though he knows this bitch tried to kill him. And she comments on the sex as being the best ever. She's like, it's a nine out of ten. Because he hate fucked her. Yeah. (laughs) That's how you know he's back because he got better at sex. (laughs) (laughs) And Michael's like, I think I'm ready to go back to work. And she's like, Michael, you have a head injury. You need to take it easy. And he's like, oh, sweetheart, you've taken such good care of me. So she heads off to the kitchen and that's when Michael's smile fades. He knows. Yeah. I love love a Melrose Place um, fade out on a person's face where they lose their expression. Yes. <laughs> that they're faking. And <laughs> we see the real expression. We they get, do this a lot. We get two of those this episode because we get it later with Chris. Right, We right. get it with, I mean, I guess we get one with Sydney when she's on the chaise lounge because she, yes. she does that little smirk when he leaves. No, this is like a, a Melrose feature. Yeah. Like, it happens a lot. Okay. This is the scene where I was like, this is unbelievable. Palmer and Amanda are sitting outside of the bank in Amanda's bright red convertible Porsche. Yeah. Like I said before, there are security cameras everywhere, and this wanted by the FBI fugitive is sitting outside of a bank in full view of everybody. Also, wouldn't you as the FBI also want to know when Amanda went to her security box as well as Palmer. That would be such a flag. Do you know what I mean? Like, they're not just waiting for Palmer to come in. Even if it was Amanda, they'd be wanting to know. If if the daughter of a wanted fugitive 
was like, I want to withdraw all the money in my safety deposit box. Wouldn't that immediately be flagged to somebody? Yeah. To somebody? Like, wouldn't that even be something the bank was like, uh, hold on. Well, she's being monitored as much as he would be. Like, this whole thing is so crazy. Um, And she just thinks it's, she's dumb enough to go along with this. She thinks it's like, yeah, I'm just going to walk in here with a briefcase and then walk out with a briefcase full of cash into my convertible where my dad is just sitting in full view of everybody. I like that he even has to go. Right. Why didn't she she go by herself? She, and he goes, I'm good girl. And he's like, I swear the money is clean. Cause she's like, wait a minute, where'd this money come from? Yeah. And he's like, I was, I was just keeping it away because I didn't want your mom to get it in the divorce. There's nothing more suspicious than him saying, good girl. Ugh. Like, it's so... Because it's like, he's only saying that because you're doing what he wants. Like He's disgusting. And then he says, in fact, the loan I gave you to buy the apartment complex came from this money. Yeah. So then she's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> We're back at the marina... And Brittany is on the boat looking for Jake, but not really. She just wants to make sure he's not there so that she can get to work setting up her explosives. I like how she's an explosives expert. I was just thinking that. In her little Daisy Dukes. In her flannel. (laughs) At D&D, Allison is mad at Amanda. She's like, you overrode my decision on the glorious gowns copy. And Amanda's like, you know, I could fire you for taking out your personal vendetta at the office. And Allison is like, <laughs> you, you want, do you want Billy? Go get him. Why are you doing this to me, Amanda? And this is when Amanda gives one of her legendary takedowns, her office takedowns of Allison. She says, okay, Allison, here's the recap. You went behind my back and told Jake I had an affair with Chaz. Then you almost killed my career by blabbing that lie in court. I almost lost my job and my mother. Well, it's payback time. I promise to make your life a living hell, and I always keep my promises. Oh, and don't bother quitting. With a report I can put in your personnel file, you wouldn't get a job bagging groceries. (laughs) I was like, wait, they put reports in personnel files? (laughs) (laughs) So she's basically forcing Allison to stay. That is some next level evil shit. Yeah. I, we end on Allison's like shocked, gaspy face that she did. <gasps> yeah. It's like you can still quit, Allison, even with the threat. <laughs> <laughs> that night at Melrose Place, Amanda returns home and her dad isn't there. And she's mm. all alone and she's very sad about it. And then she notices the briefcase is empty. Daddy, I'm home. <laughs> Just like I don't understand lady. why this was the moment she realized her dad was a crook. Or like lying to her. I Yeah. Like it the was, fact that she walked in there thinking they were gonna like watch TV and eat ice cream or something, like Yeah, it doesn't it make sad. any sense. So that prompts Amanda to call the FBI. Good. Yeah, finally. Michael stops by Jane's apartment because he followed Sydney home. Mm-hmm. He, that's what he says to Sydney. He's like, she's like, how did you? Because <laughs> like, he's still calling her Miranda. He's still calling her Miranda. And she's like, how did you know where I lived? And he's like, I followed you home. And she's like, cool. 
doesn't, not suspicious at all. (laughs) And she invites him in and they start going at it. And he carries her over to Jane's bed and because they're going to fuck on Jane's bed. I like how Sydney's not like, this is not the dopey amnesia guy from the beach. Like yeah, not once. Not once. Also, Sydney doesn't care because she's just so excited she gets to fuck in her older sister's bed. Evil. She loves wearing her sister's wedding dress and getting married in it to her sister's ex-husband and she loves fucking in her sister's bed even after jane literally saved her ass dude jane has <laughs> gone above and beyond for sydney michael wants to get kinky so he ties sydney to the iron headboard but then as soon as she's tied up he immediately switches off and he says if you think i'm gonna be making love to you you're gonna be waiting a long time <laughs> <laughs> and Michael's she's like, back. what? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, how you doing, Sid? <laughs> she's like, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh like my God, said, Michael, is that you? <laughs> is that you, Michael? <laughs> yeah, how you doing, Sid? And he's like, I want answers. Who ran me down? And she's like, Kimberly, she's crazy. And he goes, oh, and you're normal? Yeah. Then he leaves her tied up to the bed. He's like, have fun. That's honestly, for some reason, like a fear of mine. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, don't leave me tied up, please. Later that night, Jane and Chris return home. And Sydney's like, I'm in here. Help. How do you explain this? (laughs) And Jane is like, Sydney. (laughs) Once again, (laughs) Sydney. She's like, it was Michael. His memory came back. And she, Jane is like, Sydney, why did you let him in? I didn't. He pushed and shoved. Oh, give me a break, Sydney. Everything about you says come in. <laughs> Everything about you says come on in. <laughs> like, what a perfect insult. <laughs> so good. And Sydney just pouts. She doesn't have anything left to say to that. Well, because, yeah. Her pl- she tried. She tried to act like Michael. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, you got me there. It's it's definitely embarrassing to, to to like have everyone know that you were like letting Michael tie you up. Yeah. Um, and then because Chris loves kissing Jane in like inappropriate situations, he starts making out with Jane in front of Sydney. Like she's still tied up. What is wrong with him? <laughs> He's so crazy. They start making out. And that's when we see Chris's eyes look up and give Sydney a weird look. Like it's a kind of horny look. Because he got a little horny seeing her tied up, I think. I think that's what this is. The next day, oh, I guess he does say that later. Kind of. Oh, does he? Or he infers it. Yeah. Anyway. The next day, Palmer is just on Jake's boat. Which he could have done day one without Brittany. <laughs> Why is he there right now? And he has a little bag that he stashes, and he also has a gun. And he confronts Jake with the gun, and he sticks him up, and he goes, let's go for a ride. Ugh. Like, literally, this could have happened. Days ago. Yeah. At Jane's shop, Chris waltzes in, and he co- goes behind Sydney, and he's like, Hey, Sydney. <laughs> He's, 
if a guy came up behind you like that, that was your sister's boyfriend, it's so inappropriate. Also, they're at work. It's so gross. Why is this guy? There is no other way that to interpret the move he did on her. No, because then he immediately starts talking about, oh, you let Michael tie you up, huh? Mm. Mm. Into a little S&M. <laughs> and he says, no wonder you made such a good whore. He's so sleazy. He's, I mean, we knew from day one this guy was trouble. And he's bad news. Chris Marchette. Mm. <laughs> that night, Kimberly returns home, and Michael, Michael's like, hey, babe, let's go out to dinner. And she's like, okay. And that's when he produces the blonde wig. He's like, hmm. And she's Kimberly's like shocked. She's like, what the hell is this all about? And he goes, just a little amnesia humor. <laughs> Kimberly's horrified. And Michael says, hi, honey. I'm home. Yeah. It's such a good moment because we're all happy to have him back. We're happy to have evil Michael back. <laughs> we're, the audience cheered. Yeah. And she, so she runs, runs out of the house. She's terrified. And she gets in her car and is like, about to take off, but Michael stops her. He gets in front of the car, and he's like, you want me dead? Now's your chance. Do it. Mm. But she can't, so he drags her out of the car, and he says, you kill me or love me. You make up your damn mind. And then they start fucking on the car. It was bound to happen. I mean, he just <laughs> ripped that blouse. You know, that pop, was like su- such good it sex. right open. <laughs> it pops open. on the hood of the car while it's still running. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> this was such a hot moment. And it, it just proves what we all know. She can't resist Michael. Like, yeah. She loves him. She loves him and she's, she'll always love him. He made her, he's the only man to ever make her come. Right. And she's not giving up that dick. No. On the boat, Palmer and Jake pull up to a smaller boat, which is a boat that Brittany is on. And she pulls a gun on Jake. And Jake's like, wow. <laughs> He's like putting two and two together. Yeah, he finally put it together. (laughs) And then Brittany's like, meet Elliot, my jealous husband, referring to Palmer Woodward. And then Jake goes, oh, man, I knew that story was... (laughs) I was like, you did? You did? I was honestly shocked that he knew the story was bogus. Because his actions belie that. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, He's like, well, I knew that story was bogus. Then Palmer pistol whips Jake and he falls to the ground and he tells Brittany, he's like, let's get out of here. And Brittany's like, you're not going anywhere. I got the passports, the cash, and no use for an old man with the FBI on his trail. And then she shoots Palmer Woodward in the chest. We love it. And she calls for Jake to get up and he struggles, but he does manage to get up. And she's like, come with me. And he's like, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and she's, and he's like, go to hell. And then so she takes off. And Palmer's dead. But Jake sees that the bomb's about to blow. And he's like, ah, shit. And then he like goes over to the bomb and like acting like he's about to disable this bomb. Like he's a bomb technician. Right. He's, he's like, like oh, red, maybe I can. The uh. red wire and the black. <laughs> I saw this on an episode of whatever. MacGyver. MacGyver. He's like seriously looking at this bomb like, I bet I could figure. I work on cars. I'm a mechanic. 
Same thing. I could figure this out. Oh my God. But then he realizes that that's not the only bomb on board. There's like, the boat is just rigged. Do you really need that many bombs? There's so many bombs on this boat. And then we see Brittany on her boat from further away and she goes, goodbye, Jake. And she presses a button on her remote. Yeah, and she pulls out that she have that thing with and the, pulls antenna. the antenna off <laughs> yeah. the bomb remote. The, she pulls out her bomb remote. And she goes goodbye, Jake, and then she presses the big red button, and the boat just explodes like five times, like a Jerry Bruckheimer expl- explosion. Yeah. So this is a cliffhanger. This is a real cliffhanger. We're like, did Jake jump in the water with his little brown circle donut thing? <laughs> Where's Jake? Where's Jake? We don't know. Did he die? We don't know. Well, sorry. I got a little thing in my throat. Um, You're choked up yeah, about Jake. I am very choked up. That's when, It's sad when good D goes to waste. <laughs> it's exploded okay. into a million pieces. I have a feeling that's not the last we'll see of Jake. I do too. But maybe it's the last we'll see of Palmer. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's the last we'll see of Palmer. Thank God. Yes. Yeah. Although I don't mind Palmer's storyline as much as Brittany's. Palmer. Palmer in the in terms of like annoying evil side characters, he's not as bad as like Reed, Brittany. No, he's amusing, and I, I like anything involving Amanda. Yes, and I do like the idea of Amanda get being so smart that she's on to everyone else except for her father. Yeah, it makes that's, sense. That's an interesting character detail. Absolutely. Anyway, we'll be back next week with episode five. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.